Hello and welcome to the All Purpose NFL Podcast. AP Trey. I'm AP. Here's Willie Trey Wheeler. We're gonna go ahead and kick things off. Um after what I would say was a very lackluster week four. Willie, would you agree with that? I wouldn't say lackluster, actually. I would say normal. We did have a heavyweight, we did have a heavyweight bout that ended like most of Mike Tyson's fights in the 80s. But we did have a heavyweight bout. We did have a person clearly, in my opinion, rise to the cream of the crop as far as the MVP race. We also have a bunch of questions now that we'll get to a little later. So here's why I said it was a lackluster week four. In most of the games, they ended up being not very good. Even the ones that were kind of good were just kind of meh. Like, I feel like people would say Dolphins, Bills would be what people would consider a good game, but then it turned into a blowout. The Bengals got destroyed by the Titans. Um, The Broncos and Bears was a good game in the end, but it was a tale of two halves of one team going up 28 to three and then the other team scoring the rest of the points for the rest of the game, 28 to seven, 28 to seven. Um, Rams Colts ended up being a game, but again, wasn't supposed to be like at the beginning of the game. It was like, Oh, Rams got it. The Colts came back, but there's a part of it. that's kind of like, why did the Rams like fall off in the way that they did? The Bucks beat the Saints handedly. Washington and Philadelphia was back and forth, and it was a good game, but it was still like, what's what's happening? Which we're going to talk about the first quarter of the season. That's where we're supposed to go. And that's the first part. Philadelphia is the first place that I want to go as far as the first quarter of the season. One of the things that's really interesting to me about Philadelphia is everyone is talking about the fact that they just don't look right. It's not working. First off, they're 4-0, and they've won all of their games, and it just hasn't been pretty. But guess what? They're 4-0. And you want to know why it hasn't been pretty? Because they lost both of their coordinators. And I said all offseason, it's going to have an impact. I thought the impact would be worse than it actually has been. Because at the end of the day, they're 4-0. It hasn't looked pretty, but they're winning. And they're doing what's necessary to win. I saw on ESPN somebody said they think the Rams will upset them. And I'm like, I could see it. But in that same token, they have the talent and the, uh, the coaching overall that's still winning. They're still playing winning football. So, Willie, what do you think about the Eagles in the first quarter of the season? They're 4-0. I said in the offseason, it's the Philadelphia Eagles Invitational. For my bad, Philadelphia Bulldogs Invitational. I said this. I'm going to stand on it, point blank, period. That's just what it is. I understand you got the 49ers, but I do believe the Philadelphia Eagles can exploit the, the Niners' one weakness that I see from a personnel standpoint, which is their corners. Not saying that they're bad corners. They're definitely not bad. But I think their receivers are just better at football than the 49ers corners are. Um, 
like you like you said, you've been hit the nail on the head. It was gonna look different. It's not the same. We have a different play caller with his own ideas and philosophies on how he wants to do it. But like you said, despite all that, they're four and So once when they get into a rhythm, what you think is gonna happen? They're gonna eventually get into a rhythm. They're gonna have a flow. They're be just fine. They're four and oh. Yeah, could the Rams beat them? Absolutely. The Rams are they look formidable. Not necessarily, you know, gangbusters or nothing, but they look like a formidable football team. I think uh, Coach McVay will come up with some type of scheme to give them problems. I do believe that, but at the same time, from what I see, yes, you you have you have the 49ers there, but as most cases with 49ers season, there's going to be an injury that happens. Hopefully not, but like there's going to be an injury that happens like it normally does, and then it'll be back to the Philadelphia Bulldogs Invitational. Makes sense to me. I think the other team that we could, like you hit it, the 49ers look amazing, even though they struggled against the Rams, which let's let's take a moment to say the NFC West has looked a whole lot better than I think either of us thought they would this year. Like, absolutely, absolutely. I think the. I mean, we both thought the Rams were going to be hot garbage. They're clearly not. Uh, we knew it was getting from Seattle, a, a above average team, and they looked like that so far. And then we thought Arizona was just going to be terrible. But I cannot talk being a Cowboys fan, considering they beat us. So I can't talk about Arizona. I mean, they have not looked. They haven't looked like they're tanking. That's the most interesting thing. Um, By comparison, you have the Bears, who I don't think either of us thought they would be as bad as they are. Um, And the only time they looked good was against what is arguably the worst defense in the league with the Broncos, and they still lost that game. It's actually probably the worst defense in human life, in human existence. Which is weird because – they have like some pieces that would say they wouldn't be bad, but they're still bad. But when have we ever said Sean Payton and defense in the same sentence? Beyond that, beyond that, when you think about what they have, I don't know what, like, Willie, can you think of a time where a team went so far backwards on one side of the ball? particularly defense. With the same personnel. With the same personnel, no, it's really hard to find a... Oh, there is... Well, they weren't... Yeah, kind of, sort of. Seattle's defense after the ball was thrown. They weren't historically bad, but they literally had the same people there and went sideways. Completely sideways. Now, granted... Part of that, as you as we've talked about before, I believe the defense quit. But yeah, that's the only time I can remember where it just went left. And even then, it, it didn't. It wasn't go. this bad. Yeah, it wasn't this bad. It, this is like I said, we're talking about arguably the worst defense in human existence, all of human existence. Willie, last year at the end of the year, they were the 14th ranked defense in points scored, and they were the seventh-ranked defense in yards allowed. This year, they're 32nd in both. Mm. Mm. What's even funnier is the offense 
was 32nd last year in points for and 21st in yards. The offense is now 10th in points for and 14th in yards. The offense got better. And yes, you would assume with getting Sean Payton, the offense would be better. But like, let's be honest about this. Sean Payton in the last parts of his tenure with the Saints consistently had a pretty good defense. Yeah, then last time I checked, if I'm not mistaken, Dylan Adam was still over there. That's why he got the head coaching job now. And so I I don't know what happened with I I I legitimately question if Vance Joseph is just like, ha ha, y'all fired me. I'm gonna make y'all terrible. I won't put the pants in about it. Oh. But we got kind of sidetracked into um, the Broncos. But, yeah, like the 49ers look great. Um, Christian McCaffrey, it is very, very frustrating the amount of times over the past week that I've heard Christian McCaffrey should win MVP, but he won't because the quarterback award. I mean, they didn't lie. They didn't. However, he's the MVP. Yes, yes, he is. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Oh. Think about think about what ha- what had to happen for Adrian Peterson to get MVP. I don't remember. He literally had to come yards with them breaking the Russian record after tearing the ACL. Okay, that's what he had to do just to get MVP. Yeah, yeah. Um, saying in the NFC, I I think that. One of the divisions that we thought was going to be competitive has been competitive, and I was oddly right in thinking that the Buccaneers, at this point, look like a solid team. Yeah, you you called that one. I, I thought the Saints were going to run away and hide with the division. That clearly is not the case. That leaves us more questions. How good are the Saints, really? It also leaves further questions of how good are the Buccaneers. NBC put out their... Well, Sunday Night Football, NBC, they put out their power rankings, and number 10 was the Buccaneers. They have a veteran team. You have a quarterback with something to prove. He's out the way, kind of sort of. He's not in the spotlight. He's not in L.A. He's not the he's not the number one overall pick anymore. That shine has came off. He's Right now, he's just a guy playing football, and right now he's playing good football. He's He's got – let's – Keep it a buck, the best receiving core he's ever worked with in his professional career. Yeah. He has a he has a coach that's coaching for his job. You do have a solid running back room. You have a you have a offensive lineman that is Hall of Fame worthy based off his talent. You do you still have pieces defensively. Um, very good pieces at that. Yeah. Right now, he's in a good, he's in a really good spot to be the guy. He's still young enough to be the guy. There's no reason, really, unless he completely, you know, just screws it up for you to really draft a quarterback after him. There's no real reason he's still young enough to build around him. If if that's what you want to do, I, I like he's playing good football. I like what he's doing. Just keep his nose clean, keep his head down. Worry about football. Don't worry about no commercials. Don't worry about none of that. You just play football. Even though Mike Evans is hurt, that's a big loss for them. But keep just keep Baker. Keep doing what you're doing. The defense gonna keep doing what they doing because they 
I ain't gonna say they're loaded, but they're kind of loaded on defense. So just don't turn the football over. You'll be fine. You will win the division if you just don't turn the football over. I think one of the weird things about Baker is he – I didn't think that this was as good of a situation because of what happened last year. He's making the best of it. But I'll be honest, I wholeheartedly believe that they'll get – I could see them getting um, one of the second-tier quarterbacks um, for this year. Um, I don't think that they'll go after – like Drake May or one of those guys. Um, but I could definitely see them trying to get, um, like, if they, let's say they end up getting, like, the 20th pick. If Michael Penix Jr. is still there, I see. I can see them drafting him. If Michael Penix Jr. is still there at 20, you have a lot of GMs that just got themselves fired. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, do I think he'll be there? No, but I'm trying to like remember who are the best quarterbacks right now at at this point. Who's like, oh yeah, let's let's go ahead and get this. Shadour would be there at twenty. I could see the kid from Duke being there at twenty. Bo Nix could still be there at twenty. Should be still be there. He should still be available. Oh shoot, bro! I just looked at PFFs. Uh, Right now, uh, mock draft. Mm-hmm. They got Michael Penix Jr. going 19th to uh, Atlanta. Here's what's even wilder, Willie. Caleb went one. Drake May went three. J.J. McCarthy. They got J.J. McCarthy at five. What? They got Bo Nix at eight. And then Michael Penix Jr. at uh, 19. So there's a planet that believes J.J. McCarthy is better than Michael Penix. Okay. 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 That's interesting. Um, Very interesting. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we haven't really talked about the AFC in terms of what, what's going on. Um I feel like the AFC has kind of been what we expected. No. I think the the – the largest and most like surprising thing in the AFC right now, the Bengals are last in their division. I mean, but we said they was going to take a step back. Now, not far as what Nick Wright said. No, Nick Wright said the exact same thing that we did. Oh, he did? I thought he meant they're going to fall off a cliff. No, that like that Part of the problem was people read it as he was saying they're going to fall off the cliff, and he didn't. He was like, if they don't win it this year, they're going to start taking steps back, which at the end of the day, what people have not actually thought about is the fact that guess who started taking steps back, and if they didn't have the amazing quarterback that they do, would probably be in a whole lot worse situation. The Chiefs, the Bills are – starting to take a step back because as you pay your quarterback you start like financially you start going through having to make those decisions and you lose out on better players it's not as bad as when joe flacco took the money and anquan bolden had to leave and they just fell off a cliff however the Bengals are in a position where they're going to start taking steps back 
they did lose Jesse Bates and Von Bell. They did keep Trey Hendrickson and the other guy, but like things are going to start getting a little bit tougher. They probably will not be able to keep T. Higgins because Jamar is going to get paid because Jamar is that doggone good. But I think what's worse is their schedule was such that you could believe, you could see a situation where they were feasibly three and one. The only game that you kind of thought they would probably lose was the Ravens game. What you could not have foreseen was you get dogged out by the Browns, you lose into the Bengals, I mean the Ravens, you squeaking past the Rams, and then losing 27-3 to the Titans. I, I disagree with one of those. Which one? The Browns? If you look yeah, the Browns, like, people, like, we talked about it offline. If you look at the Browns, they historically <clears throat> have given the Bengals that work. It's just not talked about because you don't want to talk about anything positive about the Browns because of, well, certain things. We'll just say that, certain things. No, like, nobody likes talking good about the Browns, period. Like, before Deshaun Watson, nobody was like, hey, you know them Browns? They're good. No, like, nobody likes Browns. Um, I will agree with you, but I think that, like, 24-3 to 3 on, in the opening game, I didn't think that would happen. Like, the idea that Joe Burrow had 88 yards, I think that was more of a surprise. Like, they, them losing – yeah, you can see them be like, I'm sorry. My thought process was there's a world where they could have been three and one. There is a planet where that does it does exist. It's just I didn't see that. I didn't see that planet. I was a part of that planet. But also we have to take into context. Mr. Burrow is hurt and should not be playing. He's only playing because he sees he had like it's a win now league. We talked about in the offseason, Jesse Bates being not there was a big loss. People want the broth over there because, ooh, they got Joe Burrow. Okay. And like you said, now it's going to get even worse because, like you said, they're not going to be able to pay T. Higgins at all. Joe Mixon took a a, a salary he, – he took a salary cut just to stay there. Um, And now, like you said, Jamar Chase is going to get paid. Um, You realize there's a very realistic world where they are in their first 10 games, there's a very real chance that could be three and seven. I almost smiled. I ain't going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you. I almost smiled. Why? Because I'm biased. Against Joe Burrow? Kind of. Oh, you still have uh, – you still mad about Ohio, Ohio State, aren't you? No, I'm mad at the fact – okay. I'm mad at the fact – is is the guy good? Absolutely, no doubt in my mind. He he he's a good quarterback. I don't like the love affair. He's only won on loaded teams. He made it to the Super Bowl with the best receiving core in the league. He won the Natty with a team with all with so many NFL players that people had the audacity, the unmitigated gall actually the ignorance to compare it to the 01 Hurricanes, which no team should be compared to. Everybody will lose 45 to nothing. Um, we're talking about a team that if they didn't score off as a touchdown, still would have went eight and four. No other team can say that. Try me again. Play with your PlayStation, not me. 
Um, so I've only seen him on loaded teams. His first year, okay, yeah, you could say that, but he didn't even finish. Not his fault. He got hurt. Not his fault at all. But you have a situation where, oh, my God, Joey B, Joe Shiesty, I, I get it. But, like, his offense has always been loaded, and that's the only time he's won. So I don't appreciate the love affair. That's all. I just don't appreciate the love affair. That's really what it is. He made it to the Super Bowl. I get it. I recognize a lot of people don't make it to the Super Bowl, like, at all. Like, Michael Vick never made it to a Super Bowl at all. And so it's really hard to do, and I respect it. It's just the love affair kind of annoys me. So here's what I'll say. I think that you're right that he's only won on loaded teams. However, just because you're on a loaded team don't mean you're going to have success. Um, Kirk Cousins. Are they loaded? They were. I mean, okay, true. Okay, you had you had Justin Jefferson, you had Dalvin Cook. Um, Take it back. Gee, t- Hawkinson didn't get that till last year. Take it back a little bit further. When you had Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, um, Kyle. No time. Are we counting? We're counting Kyle Rudolph. Not a, in combination with the rest of. Okay, because I'm like, we're killing Kyle Rudolph? He's not bad. Don't get me wrong. Not a bad player at all. Harrison Smith, um, Daniil Hunter, um, Eric Kendricks. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's kind of loaded. And what do they do? <laughs> but, I mean, you got, a, you got a quarterback that's allergic to any game after 1 p.m. I understand that. But in that token... Not everybody can have the success of Joe Burrow when they have a good team. Lord. <laughs> look at what Kirk had. And look at what Joe had. It's like, I mean, they both did really, really well. But so here is, I think I have a better example for you. And I think this is where your struggle comes in. You, I feel like you kind of look at Joe Burrow in the way that we look at Brock Purdy. What, easiest job in America? Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't even look at it that bad. Only due to, like, I like Zach Taylor, but I'm not going to say he's on the level of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, no, I don't like Zach Taylor. I think where you are looking at Joe Burrow, I'm looking at Zach Taylor because I'm like, you just got really lucky that you had uh, Joe Burrow and this, this team because – you're not a good coach. <laughs> like, oh, you don't even think he's good. Wow. Okay. No, like, I, there have been too many times where I've looked and I've been like, y'all aren't doing things well. And I, I go back to, I, I look at Zach Taylor the way that you look at Mike Lafleur, Matt Lafleur. Oh, I don't even know if he can coach yet. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. And like he showed, he showed signs like the Atlanta game, the Saints game. Even though you the only reason why you won because you you knocked out um Derek David yeah Derek Carr D- David Carr just got sacked again. Even though he's been out the league for like ten years, he just got sacked again. Yep. Um. But so you have that like I don't I don't know if Matt Lafleur can coach. I don't know yet. I don't that's, know. That's how I feel about Zach Tyler. Um. So there. There's one more thing I want to hit before we get into the games that we want to talk about for this week. 
Um, another, this has not been a surprise, but I am very interested to see what happens with this team because I, I think that they, for all intents and purposes, had a rough start to the season. But in having a rough start to the season, they also like this was this past weekend was the first time that they just looked completely overwhelmed. But they still have a chance to be decent. And that's the Patriots. Like when we look at what the Patriots have done, like they went head up with the Eagles. They went head up with the Dolphins. They struggled against the Jets, but the Jets have the defense to like affect Matt Jones in a way that nobody else really does. <clears throat> and then the Cowboys just took a complete advantage. And Christian Gonzalez got hurt. And, and Matthew Judon. Yeah, and Matthew Judon. And Willie, remember how right before we uh started recording, I told you something dropped? Yeah. JC Jackson's back with the pass. So it, we're gonna do. It, you know how like they make they say um, women do everything but leave. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do everything but fire Brandon Staley. <laughs> we're gonna do everything <laughs> but get but, rid of the commentator. <laughs> but in all fairness, what it sounds like Christian Gonzalez is gonna be out for the year. So the Pets needed something, and the. Chargers clearly weren't using J.C. Jackson, who was terrible on their team. And, it like, it doesn't make sense what happens when people leave Bill. Like, why do they get worse and then no, go? No, no, uh, I have, I have an answer. I actually have okay. an answer for that. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Because I listened to it, uh, who, who was there? I think it was Chris Carter. And we've talked about this before. Like, years ago, we talked about this. 90% of the players in this league are good based off the scheme that they are in. There are very few players who can actually bounce from scheme to scheme and be okay. There are very few players. Most players are scheme-based. That's just what it is. Bill just does an excellent – he has a very friendly defensive scheme. That's why people fall completely off the wagon defensively when they leave him. That's just how it goes. Is most of your players right now, I guarantee you this, like much, like much as we have given Chicago the business, like much as I want to see him in Atlanta for like – Sight purposes, if you put him in Atlanta right now, he would might he might look worse than Desmond Ritter. I, I disagree, but only because I think Arthur Smith would know how to use him better. He can't use Kyle Pitts for nothing, apparently. That's different. At no point did we ever think that um, Arthur Smith knew how to throw the ball. Like nobody ever thinks that Arthur Smith can knows how to throw the ball, but. You put him, bruh, think about it. Justin Fields, Bijan, Tyler Algier. He ain't going to never throw the ball. <laughs> Kyle Pitts would do good because apparently all Justin Fields knows how to do is throw the uh, tight ends. Cole Komet had two touchdowns in one game, which is Cole Komet. How? 
out. But in that, like, I think it really, I I understand what you're saying about scheme. I think what is most interesting to me about Bill and his system is I generally think of people being scheme dependent when it comes to um, offensive players. Like quarterbacks can't just go to any scheme in general. Like you said, Justin Fields, like probably struggle. Wide receivers are are scheme dependent. Defensively, I don't feel like it matters as much, but just what you said, it if no other scheme makes players look amazing, it's bills for them to go somewhere else and they're just trash. Like it does not make sense why people what's even funnier is people go to the Patriots and look great on defense. And then they leave and it's like, who is who is this? What happened? That is accurate. Yeah. So now we're going to get into a couple of games. All right, Willie. So first game we're going to talk about Jets versus Chiefs. This was a game that I want to commend you on. When we talked last week about the game, I was like, it's going to be a blowout. Don't really matter. Like, it is what it is. And you're like, they have a chance. It was, it's a small chance, but they have a chance. And my thought was, Zach Wilson ain't going to give them a chance. But you were right. They had a chance. It was a tight game. I think it was, it was the best Madden play I have ever seen that the Chiefs got the ball with seven minutes left and Zach Wilson never touched it again. Like, you can't, you can't do that on Meg. I've tried. I did do one. I did do like five minutes against my nephew one time. Um, he was playing. I had his set for rookie and mine was set for like all-star. And it was real, real close. And he was, it was 14 to 14. Headed into the fourth quarter and I had the ball. He, he lost 17 to 14. Because, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of the other things that I want to say about this game before I hand it over to you is this was the worst game in comparison to a opposing quarterback that Patrick Mahomes has ever had. There are Swifties who watched this game and watch their first football game. And coming out of this game, they think Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than Patrick LaVon Mahomes II. And I just want to say, it's because Patrick LaVon Mahomes II does stupid stuff. It just works. Like, it's so frustrating when I think about the fact that Pat is so much like Brett Favre, his general thought process is, I can make it happen. I can do it. It's a tight window, but you know, I got it. And he just be trying stuff. And then what makes this worse is 
they were up by so much that he started thinking, ooh, let's have some fun. And that's what he did. He started trying to have fun and he just started doing stupid stuff because he he has way too much fun and he's just so talented that he can just try stupid stuff. Um. Oh, one more thing that I want to commend you on saying and I think that it is very true. The secondary for the Jets is so much better than the wide receiving core of the Chiefs. I think that caused major problems. I don't really see the Chiefs having those types of problems for the most part again this year. Um, they got to play. They have to play Philadelphia, and that'll cause some problems. But there's no one else this year that can match up with their wide receivers. Granted, their wide receivers aren't as good, but Pat makes them better. If that makes sense. So, what what were your thoughts with the game? Went kind of how like I thought it would. I expected Pat to struggle, and I'll understand. I really did. Like I told you, the game was going to be close because of the defensive personnel that the Jets have, and that was on full display um, on Sunday night. Unfortunately, um, like you said, there's going to be a bunch of people that watch their first football game and think the Zach Wilson guy is like all world, and I'm like, who's this Pat Mahomes guy? Why is he so bad? Like, No, no, it doesn't work like that. I give Zach a lot of credit. He rose to the occasion. He 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 rose to the occasion. He he saw the bright lights and he didn't run from it. He ran to the smoke. He wanted all the smoke. And you could see his maturity on the sideline. You see him muttering it. It was it's all my fault. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. And you saw his teammates coming up to him because they recognized and they saw it. Like last like not last night because today's Wednesday, but Sunday night that boy grew up. He finally grew up. That was the moment he finally grew up. Now, of course, unfortunately, the NFL is week to week. It's day to day. It's what can you do next? What can you do next? Can you do it again? Can you do it again? Can you do it again? Can you do it? It never stops. But he, the boy grew up. I look forward to seeing what he does going forward. He can't come out and, and stink up the joint next week. I don't know who exactly they have. They're at Denver. Perfect game for him. Uh <laughs> Perfect game because that's the closest he's going to go back to BYU. So a miniature homecoming, um, not really, but you're going up against the worst defense in human existence. So that's a good thing for him. He's got to build on it, but the Jets personnel, like I said on the on the last podcast, their their secondary is better at football than the Chiefs offensive skill position players outside of Travis Kelsey. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. So I want to mention that Zach Wilson is in a very precarious situation because he's going into very weird territory moving forward. And this is what I mean. So next week, he's at Denver. That, okay, cool. That, that's not that, that should be a game he has success in, right? Yes, he should have success. He should not screw up the joint against Denver. Following week, he he he's at home versus Philadelphia. They can't block, so that's not going to be his fault. Like I don't charge the Dallas loss against him. I didn't understand all the criticism after the Dallas loss. They can't block. True, 
But so he gonna get the brakes beat off of him. He is, but that like that is going to be the problem. He's going to have a really good game, and then he's going to probably get brought back down to earth hard. And then he gets to it's at the Giants. So that's a game that's like, okay, yeah, like you can like you can do that's good a, against that's a winnable game for him. Yeah, then he gets the Chargers. Who doesn't matter? But but the problem, but the problem is with the Chargers is the Jets can't block. The Jets can't block. <laughs> so once again, he's finna get the brakes beat off of him. But Willie, then you go to Vegas. It's like okay, like you a good game. There's a you, game to be had there. Yeah, and then you gotta go play at Buffalo. And you can't block, and Von Miller should be back by then. And they're going to be mad. Why Buffalo mad? Because you beat them already this season. Oh, yeah. They're mad. They get Von Miller Black, and you you still can't block. And it's at Buffalo. At Orchard Park, and you can't block. And then they get Miami after that. <laughs> they No, they can. I, okay. <coughs> they can deal with Miami. They can deal with Miami. They can but it's going to be rough. But then you get Atlanta. Okay, they don't matter. Exactly. Like, it's, it is one of the most up and down schedules that you could have. Because, like, here's my concern. I feel like Zach Wilson is not going to be able to get the rhythm that he needs to have the success that you want him to have. One of my biggest concerns is he does great against the Broncos, gets the brakes beat off of him against Philly, and then he he is so rattled by Philly that he struggles against the Giants. And maybe they win, maybe they don't. But then coming out of a shaky game with the Giants, you have to deal with another team that's going to beat you down, and you're going to get hit at least 10 times during that game. And you'll probably lose that. And then you go to Las Vegas. It's like, all right, cool. Maybe we can like overcome Las Vegas, but he's, he's rattled still because in the past month he's had high, low, high, low. Like there, there's a level of inconsistency that I foresee for the Jets in what's coming up for them. And and now, the coaching staff. If you if you're being honest with yourself, because you know your team's strengths, you know your team's weaknesses. What can you do to minimize Zach Wilson physically getting the brakes beat off of him, where it doesn't translate to the scoreboard of you getting the brakes beat off of you? Are you going to use max protection? Are you going to move the pocket? Are you going to keep a six guy in? Are you going to keep trying to block with five, knowing good and doggone well it's not going to work? Are we going to run the football more? Are we going to try to run it to the inside? Are we better off running to the outside? Are we better off doing 15,000 shallow crosses like Colorado State did against Colorado a couple weeks ago? What, As a coach staff, what are you going to do? How are you going to handle this? Because right now, Zach Wilson, even though he had a loss, is on a high. This was his best game as a pro. 
even Joe Namath, like, okay, he can stay around. He can stay around. Everybody's like, yay, what are you going to do? Like I said, this next game coming up, you should build upon this. You should. But he can't go out there and stink up the joint. Are you going to protect this kid physically? Because if he gets popped, let's say the first four drives, and he gets hit four times, he might be done. And then we're going to be right back in the same bull drive we was in. So at this point, it's like it's up to Zach to play well. But are you going to put him in a position to play well? Or are we just going to do four, five-step drops, five-man protection, get the ball out? You'll lose about 30 because you can't block. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that one of the things that you said is very true. He did grow up a lot. His post-game press conference was so much better. Like I saw a side by side of him last year and this year, and the growth was there. Um, I think that one of the things that has helped, and even helped that game, was Aaron Rodgers being in the building. I think Aaron being there gives uh, Zach a greater sense of calm. Uh, and so I think that if nothing else, bring, like bringing Aaron Rodgers in was a good idea because it it seems to help Zach. But in the same token, this the month of October is going to be – the month of October is going to be – rough. There's no other way to get around it. Um, oh, no, it's not. But is everybody going to do their job? Is everybody going to do their job to make sure this kid is protected? Yep. And is that going to stay the course of keep growing up like we just saw him do? Yep. So, now we get to talk about the other game that both of us have thoughts on. Giants versus Seahawks. You got sacked again. Man, Willie, do you know that the Giants this season have not scored a touchdown at home? They haven't scored a touchdown at home in the past 10 months. Well, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, let's get this out of the way. Seahawks Seahawks look good. I think that one of the things that is not given as much um, credence is the Seahawks defense is looking very, very good at this point. Like, they have, like, they've given up. They gave up 31 and 27 in two games, in weeks two and three. Um, And they gave up 30 in uh, week one. So actually, let me take that back. They don't look that good. Um, but like, I still struggle with Pete Carroll's system. I'm, and we've talked at length about how I feel about Pete Carroll. Um, I don't think here's the thing. I don't think Pete Carroll is a bad coach. I think that they've had success because one thing that I don't think is talked about as much is they went and got. Once Russ left, that was when they got who was it? Evan Brown. Like they got two offensive linemen last year, 
and Kenneth Gainwell that were better than anything that Russ had had. And it's like, oh, Russ was so bad. I'm like, but he didn't have the pieces that Geno has. I feel like if you put Russ in this system, it would work just as good. But that's beat. Like, he's gone, so it is what it is. Um, do you have any thoughts on the Seahawks before we get into the Giants? The Seahawks have some good young pieces there. You do have Charles Cross at left tackle. Tariq Woolen is good. Um, the other corner, I forgot his name. I want to say last name is Witherspoon. He's solid. He's not a bad player. Um, you yeah. know, Kenneth Walker isn't a bad player. Um, Noah Fant can still revitalize his career. He's still young. You you have you have some piece of Jordan Brooks. He's not a bad player at all. You have some pieces there. Um, I think they're on the right path. I just think, unfortunately, due to I'll say they're due to their quarterback and the defense as a whole not being good as a cohesive unit. You're looking at a team that will, for the next couple of years, probably finish ten and seven. Nine and eight, somewhere around there for the next couple of years. Gino, you did the right thing, giving him the money. You also gave him a, a, a not, you know, a boatload of money, uh, but you gave him some to stabilize himself, and hopefully, you have a succession plan in place. Uh, especially with this loaded quarterback draft that's coming up, you probably should get one in the second or third round, uh, somebody that you like, and go from there. But, like, I understand your frustrations with, with Pete and the system and the lack of offensive linemen that he had that Russell Wilson had to deal with after the complete debacle that was the Super Bowl. And it's just funny how, to me, like, one decision has led to all of this because we I think we both have acknowledged um, if you if they just ran the ball on that play, the entire trajectory of the Seattle Seahawks changes totally. Yep. Like I, w- I'm willing to say, like, because you, you, we've seen, we, we've talked about it before offline. Like, you see it in the movies. You change, you move, you go back in time, and you move one pencil thirty degrees to the left, and all of a sudden, you have World War Nine. Not three, nine has already happened by the time you get back. So that one instance, I think, changes everything. But we're just in a situation right now where I think they're going to be a pretty solid team. They're never actually going to truly rebuild. They've been slowly just adding younger younger players via the draft, which is how you build your football team. But I think for the time being, for the next two to three years, you're gonna you're looking at a nine and eight, ten and seventeen. Makes sense to me. Uh, so let's talk about the Giants once again. Daniel Jones played horribly. Ten sacks, pick six, fumbles. I don't know if you saw this, Willie, but there were multiple people who were down in their fantasy leagues and then um, gave up, got 29 points from the Seahawks defense because of Daniel Jones. Um, what was really funny was Eric Armstead of the 49ers sent a tweet and was like, hey, Daniel, why did you let them look so good? Like, we deserve to look good, too. Why didn't you let us look that good? <laughs> so mean um I think so the first thing I want to say about Daniel Jones is I have been off the Daniel Jones train since year three no to start year three 
I was like, I don't understand why he still has a job. Like, he's been horrible. You need to get rid of him. Watching, I didn't watch the full game. I, I went back and watched the highlights of the game. One of the things that was really interesting to me was, and I, I think you will agree with this, Daniel Jones has plays and a, a general skill set that is why he is still a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's just his mistakes are just so bad. And at this point in time, although they went and got Darren Waller, he has no one to throw to. No one at all. And honestly, I I will never say that I think that Daniel Jones deserved the money that he got. But I I look at it and I'm like, what are y'all doing to like help him? Because at this point, I, I just don't see the help that y'all are providing for him. And that's frustrating because I want to talk bad about him. And he makes it so very, very easy to talk bad about because he's not Danny Dimes, he's Danny Pennies. So, Willie, what are your thoughts? You said you was off the Daniel Jones train starting year three. AP, what did I tell you about Daniel Jones before he even had a job? Didn't need to be didn't need to be drafted. <laughs> wait, wait, I wanna say this. I wanna say this. Both of us have been on the idea that he should never have been drafted at six. If they had even drafted him at 15, we would have been like, ah, okay. But there was no reason for them to use their sixth pick on him. Which is exactly why I'm absolving him of all blame. That is why. Y'all picked this boy. Y'all misevaluated. Don't know how. But y'all misevaluated. Y'all thought he was that dude. Don't know how. He's not that dude. He never was that dude at all. But if I'm going to be fair and consistent, it's not like y'all really have done much for the kid anyway. What let, let, let's let's go over what we've done for Daniel Jones. You misevaluated Kenny Galladay completely, paid him a boatload of money. That didn't work. So currently you have virtually nobody for him to throw to, like you just said, AP. You traded for a guy that's been injured more times than a divorce in California has happened in human existence. You can't block steel. I don't know how you've missed so many times. I literally watched a play where your right tackle, Mr. Evan Neal, blocked his own teammate out the way. I don't understand what are y'all doing. Then on then to add on on top of that, the best player, or maybe second best, player on your team, you alienate him. No, we don't want to pay you. We don't want to take care of you. Then you double down on that and paid Daniel Jones 40 mil like it was okay. Now, granted, if I was Daniel Jones, I would have signed the contract too. Ooh, free money. I would have did the same thing if I was him. But he he was never gonna be good regardless but you ain't did jack squat with him anyway like your boy Bomani uh, said they should be calling plays like he's Daquan Jones cause the boy can actually run he's fast 
Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not blaming Brian Dayball. I'm strictly blaming the scouts, personnel development. I'm I'm blaming all those guys, which may actually include Brian Dayball too. But the guy should have never been there. That's my issue. He should have never been there. And now we poking fun at the kid. Ooh, boo, Daniel Jones. He's garbage. Dude was garbage at Duke. This ain't nothing new. Like this is be this is like being surprised that Black China is asking for more money. Nothing new. It's nothing new here. Dude's been garbage. The Giants mismanaged this. The Giants over-evaluated him. The Giants alienated Saquon Barkley. The Giants paid Daniel Jones knowing he wasn't worth the money. Just because he looks like a pilot, looks like he can play Eli in a movie about Eli Manning. The Giants traded for Daniel, not Daniel, Darren Waller. The Giants paid Kenny Galladay. The Giants have whiffed on offensive linemen, not Daniel Jones. So to put all this at the seat of this kid who should have never been there is wrong and it's foul. And actually the Daniel Jones criticism could stop because at this point, if you don't know what he is by now, you should be fired too. Oh, he just got sacked again. I didn't even bring up Saquon, which is hilarious because I, when I think about it, I'm like, Saquon at this point, I if I was Saquon, I'll be like, ah, my knee still hurt. My knee still hurt. And let y'all play a couple more games just to remind you um, that y'all said y'all didn't want to pay me and I wasn't worth it. Because, yeah, y'all need me. <clears throat> y'all need me bad. And they just, they're not in a position to where they are functioning at a level that allows them to have success when you need to pay, like your offense looks so much worse without Saquon, considering the fact that he was so important and then you didn't uh, add any wide receivers. You still relying on Darius Slayton. Not a bad player. He's just a three. Darius Slayton is not a bad football player. He's just a three. Yeah. In your ideal scenario, he's your third best wide receiver. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Next week is going to be very, very interesting. Um, and I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens this weekend with all the games. But that is all the time that we have for the All Purpose NFL podcast with AP and Trey. We thank you for listening. We're on all podcasting platforms. And as always, have a good one.